Hashtag SAFM Sport Tracks. Just before we talk football, one thing that uh, missed my radar, and I apologize for this because this is probably some of the biggest sporting news South Africa has today. Ashley Mulman Pasio has won the ninth stage of the Giro d'Italia Don. That's the ladies' Giro d'Italia. The biggest success of her career. She finished ahead of her teammate, Demi Vollering, in second, and the leader of the race, Anna van Bruggen, was in third. Uh, but Ashley Mulman Pasio winning today's stage of the race. And from what I know, she second overall in the in the race of the ladies Gerardi Italia. It's only her teammate who's the leader of the team, Anna van Bregen, who's ahead of her. But congratulations. South Africa's most successful cyclist of all cyclists. Ashley Mulman Passio doing extremely well. Look out for her at the Olympic Games when those get underway. Okay, let's talk football. It's the big football tomorrow. England saying bring it home. Still don't understand what it means by bring it home. Does the Euro belong to England at all? Let's find out. Dr. Mechi Makoba, independent soccer analyst. Doc, thanks for joining us. Is it going to go, quote-unquote, home? Is it going to go home? Well, I think England has a chance to, to win the Euro if they understand how Italy plays. But it's going to be difficult because Italy is quite a well-gelled uh, machine. It's a well-oiled machine. If you check their defense, it's quite solid, and they know how to alternate between the central midfielder and the two centre-backs. And the centre-backs are from Juventus, so these are people who understand themselves in the game. And and I think England has been playing well with Harry Kane, who's been a fourth striker, and uh, Stedlin Esaka also playing on the wings. But their central midfielders has not been in, uh, impressive, and I think that's where Italy is going to cause problems for them. So I think this is a it can go either ways. Uh, let's talk about the route to where they are at the moment. Uh, arguably, Italy had the the tougher draw: uh, Austria, Belgium, and then Spain to get to where they are today. Whereas England had what the Ukraine, maybe Germany was their toughest opposition. Denmark with the dark horse. Would you say Italy had the tougher draw? Yeah, I think they, they had a tougher draw and they handled it very well because they are one of the best performing teams in the tournament and that gives them an upper hand over England because they've also played penalties and England hasn't mm. and that gives them some sort of experience. But because these teams have already played about 30 times, over 30 times, you cannot really uh, use the tournament's performance to judge the match. It's A lot of things are going to be taken into consideration. But I see, I mean, it's, the game is quite in, in balance, depending on how England performs, especially in the middle field. But it's going to be difficult, as I said, because, I mean, if you check how they play, England can't pass the ball in the middle of the park. You can't see a pass from Reese or Phillips going straight to Harry Kane. It's either going to the wings Whereas with Italy, they can do both. Uh, Kovacic, I mean, this guy, Giorgino and Verratti can do can play in the middle of the park. They can release the ball and they can also substitute or subtract one player or two. Whereas England in the middle field and the central middle field, they are devoid of any verb or creativity. What do you make of a full Wembley home crowd? It's going to be an advantage, surely. Well, of course, I mean... Home ground advantage is always good, uh, but it can also be overwhelming considering that England has actually a smaller team, I mean a young squad, so it can go either ways. They can be under pressure because this is actually one of their first crucial uh, 
final in many years. And if they can have the morale and the confidence to contain the, the pressure, things can turn their way. And for Italy, there are a lot of experienced players who are in the team. So I don't think this is going to be much of an effect because they have quite a senior players in the team with just a mixture of young players. And I think if you check the Buccini and uh, Chiellini, these are senior players. Even if you check with their winger engine, these are senior players. So I think they've managed they've managed to perform at a higher level and the crowd mm. shouldn't be something that threatened them or put them any under mm-hmm. pressure. Uh, Doctor, there was an article earlier on this week saying one of the advantages for Italy is they don't have any superstars. They're just a great team that work together. Yeah, that's very true, actually. That's why I said they are quite a, a well-oiled machine and you also have the centre-backs coming from the same team, playing in the national team together. And when you look at the midfield, they are quite a lot of understanding. And whereas with England, if Stalin or Saka doesn't produce moments of brilliance, the team will suffer. Or if Kay becomes quiet in the game, which means they're going to struggle throughout and mm. but for now, this individual brilliancy has been working for England. Who never? Who knows? Sterling can actually continue with his form and travel uh, Italy's defence because he has actually been the one who's opening space for Kane or Kane opening space for him. So if the if the Italian team manages to actually block the movements between Sterling and Kane, they can actually find something against England. But if they struggle to do that, they, England can still cause troubles for them. That's the problem with having somebody like Kane up front. You suddenly have to put two defenders on the man. Yeah, true, because he's good on the ball. He can hold the ball and he can distribute the, uh, the ball with his head. And he, he knows how to read the game, whether to release a pass. And his passes have been excellent. One wishes that... The two midfielders, central midfielders, were the one releasing the type of passes that Kane releases, but they don't have that. And if you check England's defence, Maguire and Stone, I don't think they have the pace to deal with the Italian team. Surprisingly, Italy was known for packing the bars or defending critically, mm-hmm. but this team is so fast and is so creative. And the only credible defender for England for me is Walker. The rest do not have pace. And I think Italy, I mean, England, if they are not careful, they might find themselves struggling with their strikers, with Italian strikers, because Maguire and Stones are really slow defenders. (laughs) What do you make of England wanting to have a public holiday on Monday if they win? Well, I I think (laughs) since they've not been in a final for many years, I think it's not really far-fetched. Remember that football in, in England, it's more like a religion. So it's so valued that if the national teams wins a major tournament, it's going to be a big deal for them. And I think it's how they've been encouraged by the team's performance. And I don't think, considering how they value football in the UK, it's quite, it's quite expected that they would suggest something of that nature. <laughs> Dr. Menchi Makhoba, what do you make of the tournament as a whole? Are, are these the two? I mean, it's, it sounds like a ridiculous question, but are these the two deserving sides to get through to the final? I think uh, they are well deserving because they've done well in the group stages. 
and I think that's where you tend to predict the team's future. Italy has won three matches, and England has won two and drawn one, and that's really a good performance for those for these two teams. And maybe one would have wished that Spain and Denmark could have also had a chance at the final. But if you look at Spain, Spain have lost that style they had of passing ball, ball, the ball around. So if you check in their previous game against uh, Italy, they had very, very uncreative midfielders. They would have two central, I mean, two central midfielders which are not really creative. Whereas in the past, you, in Spain, is, that was their strength. They would build the play in the midfielder and pass the ball around. But that skill, it's long gone. And I think Denmark have been unfortunate because the penalty that was awarded to England was kind of dubious. And if it wasn't yes. for that penalty, things could have been gone to a Denmark's way. But it's water under the bridge. Now England and Italy are in the finals and we have to see what they have to bring on the table. There's a lot to read in football at the moment. When you see the final Copa America tomorrow, Brazil against Argentina, uh, then you see it's Italy against England. 500 days to the start of the World Cup in, where is it, in Qatar. Uh, sorry, in, yeah, in, I forget where it's going to be. The next one uh, is 21st November. It's going to be in Qatar, isn't it? Uh, can we read any anything into it? Are those the four best teams in the world with one or two dark horses? Well, I, I think winning a major tournament does galvanize the team into strong action. And I think if England performs well in this tournament, they have a chance to perform well in the World Cup because football is also about the psychology and the confidence that you bring on the pitch. It's, it's not only about skills. And I think for England and Italy, which have been disgraced in the past World Cups, and I think if... Mm. For, for going into this final is, a, is, a, is actually giving them some morale and they should be able to do well. And I think in, in, in America, this is a good opportunity for Messi to bring something on the table because he has been struggling to win a nation, an international uh, silverware with Argentina. And I think with this, this performance that they've showed in, in that competition, I think they have a chance, although Brazil has actually played very well too. But I think for it's, it's also some kind of 50-50. It's not something that you can really predict that Argentina is going to win or Brazil is going to win because the teams have been, these two teams have been hungry and they come from a past of inconsistent uh, performances and I think they want to put that to pass. And then quickly, just to Africa, Kasafa Cup on the go. Bafana Bafana squeaking through with 1-0 wins, super subs both times. Uh, have we got enough to win this? Well, uh, I, I think our football has been struggling and I don't think we're going to win Kosafa because uh, if you mm. check out many players that have been fielded, there are not necessarily people that you'd expect them to be in a national team. And I think for, for them, they are taking this so mildly as a competition just to participate really. And maybe if there's no expectation, maybe that's where they can do well. But in terms of measuring the quality of the squad, I don't think we have what it takes to win the competition. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's kind of like just trading motions, maybe trying one or two new young players, see how they fit in. Yeah, and I think 
This competition should be strategized in a way that we know that we have promising young players for the national team who can play at the national team at a competitive level. And I think we should be using COSA to test their creativity, to test their skill. But I don't think this kind of that coordination between this competition, why are they being used? Why do we have this type of competition? And why do we have a particular team? It seems as if the selection is quite random and it's not feeding into our national expectation, what do we want our national team to do? And if there was that consistent and seamless constructive alignment, maybe we would say that even if it's just like them practicing, we know that one or two players can make breakthrough into the national senior squad, but I don't think that is the situation. Mm. It's interesting because in rugby, we've got Rassi Rasmus now as director of rugby. It's almost like he dictates down to the franchises and to the smaller clubs. This is the plan for the Springboks. This is the way it should work. Let's let's direct rugby. We don't seem to have that in football, do we? Yeah, it's quite unfortunate because, um, I mean, we need some kind of a coherent plan for the whole year or for the whole season that this is how we're mm. going to be supporting oh, four the national years. team. And... If we just do things in fragments and uh, have a plan that is, is not speaking in one voice, then you, the national coach would not know which players are good and what his plans. The only thing will measure him on the results without knowing what's happening in the background. And if the support system is there that we're supporting the national team coach, and all the local coaches understand that this is what the national team is trying to do, and they are all in the same play in the same page in all understanding. Then the national team seems to be would seem to do well. But in our case, the strategy is not there. I carry the on us is on the coach, and unfortunately in football we judge you by the results. What what goes in the background is really immaterial. Mm-hmm. If you don't produce results, they are going to show you marching orders. Dr. Meji Makhoba, quickly, England against Italy. Who's going to win it? As I've said, that the, the, I mean, the, the game is in balance. Uh, I, no, I no, no. Think Who's going to win it? Who's going to win it? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I think <laughs> it's a really tough question. But I think I Italy, has, Italy has, the upper hand, has the upper hand to win the match. But if England manages oh. to score... Let me finish. If England manages <laughs> to score a goal before, I mean, within 10 minutes, they will slow the competition. But if it goes after 10 minutes, then the goal is go- the game is going to turn Italy's way. Okay. You see, he spoke like a real analyst, not just like I like England because they, uh, they wear white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, it's been great chatting to you and uh, g- good luck to you. Hopefully, whatever you're putting your money works for you, Dr. Mechi Mokova. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Independent soccer analyst, England against Italy tomorrow. Uh, it starts late, nine o'clock. At the moment, England are the favorites by a small margin. In fact, there's more chance, the suggestions are, that there'll be a draw after 90 minutes than Italy winning. But that's how close it is. Three rounds, uh, make it three. If you bet around, 307 for an Italy win, 253 for an England win, 295 for a draw after 90 minutes. England against Italy. Where would you put your money? I, I think home ground advantage will be the difference tomorrow. I think that's going to help England over the line. Uh, let's take a song. We take a quick song, and then I will wrap up your sports day for you. This is Sport Tracks.